Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight we do have a special program. I mean that seriously, and maybe more than I, even though I say it every week, I'm telling you it is a very special program because we have a very fine guest tonight, Rabbi David Katz, who we'll hear from him just shortly. And our topics tonight will include Bedikas Toiloyim for Tubishvat. We're going to discuss uh, having non-Jewish help in the house, and we're going to discuss um, making simchas in non-Jewish venues, non-kosher venues. And um, we have another so a couple of surprises that are going to come in here, too, because we have a very uh, interesting guest, and he has multifaceted experiences in Kashrus. He's a, he's a Mayanam Skaber. I get uh, emails from him constantly now, and there seems to always be something going on in Kashrus, and he likes to share it with the world. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest, Rabbi David Katz, who is a freelance mashkiach. He works for different organizations, different kashrus organizations. Does bedikas toloim, does kashering. He's all over. Sometimes he does ashkach for himself. He's uh, he's somebody who knows the field and works with the real people and has a lot to share with them. Thank you very much for coming on. I welcome you, Rabbi Katz, for joining us. Good evening. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Chazal say, Dova bi'itoi matoiv. This biggest pash is Yisroi. Hashem gave us the Torah. And we all know that Shavuos, we have the custom, the minhag, that we only eat milchiks. Why do we eat milchiks in Shavuos? Is because when Yidin were makabal the Torah, they were makabal the mitzvah of Basa Bechalov, Tarovas, and all kind of mitzvahs. And all the kalim were... Not kosher. Not kosher, they were taif. And people had to learn what's fleshik, what's milchik, what goes together, what doesn't go together. So I think now is the time that we could very much strengthen and be mechazek ourselves in kashas. And I would like to tell you a very interesting thing. I have a very good friend who is a Dayan, and is an enikel from Ravoznos Zechetzadik Levrocha. And he told me that his grandfather Ravoznos told him, I learned Shulchan Aruch a lot of times. Hundreds of times he learned Shulchan Aruch. But I took out one very, very interesting thing, an interesting topic from Shulchan Aruch. And what is it? Techeret Zabira. what does that mean? We see that we take our two Sefer Torahs and we're not going from one parasha to the other parasha. What's the big deal to be How much did it take? How much time did it take? It takes two minutes, a minute. Right. No. No, uh, So Ravosni used to make Havdala, Matzah Shabbos, right away at this man, he would bench and have Marev and make Havdala. Because of Techeret Sabira. If somebody would ask me, what did I learn from Kashas? So we'll start with the positive. The Hashgachas are Achshiradara. Beautiful. The Rabbonim on top of every organization, on top of their organizations. The Shkachilik, Hasidische, Litvische. Every roof is Achrayas on his organization. And they have a great team. And they have great communication. Every on-site mashgiach reports to the balamachshe or to his supervisor. And they, the Rabbonim and the team talk about all kind of problems or all kind of tikkunim they can make. The people, the caterers, the commissary kitchens, the stores, they all try to comply. Everybody's ehrlich. 
everybody wants to know that I'm doing the right thing of having a kosher kitchen, selling a kosher product, catering is kosher. The problem is the consumer, the people that buy, and the oilem is not learned and doesn't know much about kashas. What do I mean? I'll give you three examples that happened to me this summer. You know, in the summer we buy in ShopRite. The first week I came at the ShopRite, I saw a man buying like the, the cabbage, the shredded cabbage. I got a text, an email from Stark A that for this week and next few weeks, please don't buy this lettuce, product, lettuce and cabbage, cabbage because it's infested. Right, it's very bad. So I knew not to buy it. But this senior man didn't look if it had a symbol or didn't have a symbol. He just bought this package of lettuce or, or coleslaw, whatever it was. But didn't have Ashgacha. <laughs> now, when we were at an actor meeting this year, you brought up this question. <laughs> and you asked the Rabbanim there, how are we mefarsim to the Amoyin Am, to the Gitte Eden, to the Elech Eden, the Elech Choshuva ladies that want to keep a kitchen b'mahuda? How will they know that What's this it? week or next week or in three weeks we can buy this lettuce? But then the week after I had a different story. I saw a man who bought a quarter of a watermelon. You know, watermelon gets cut in half. That half gets cut on four. And they surround wrap it. So I went over to the Ingeman and I asked him, you're buying a shop, right? A watermelon that's cut? So he right away wanted to defend himself. Oh, I take off Kleh Khalifa. If you take from an eighth of a watermelon, <laughs> Kleh Khalifa from both sides, what is he left with? <laughs> Nothing. So this Ingeman didn't even know what he's doing and thought that he could buy watermelon in such a place which... I was very shocked. The last thing I had was in the middle of the summer, I was buying and I saw a woman. She bought diced butternut squash. I didn't tell anything. I didn't feel that I should tell her something. How could somebody buy diced butternut squash from ShopRite with Araj Gacha? What kind of kalem are they using? And if I would tell her, she probably wouldn't buy. The Gemara says, that if somebody has a shiner and a suffer, which brachas to make? You have to learn. Right. So I guess that people have to learn before they go to stores, before they buy anything, what am I allowed to buy? What am I not allowed to buy? Every husband and wife should discuss and know between themselves which items are we buying. Are we using every ashgacha? Are we not using every ashgacha? Are we being makped on chalv yisrael? Are we not? What's our messiah? Are we buying a thing that may not be Pasi soil or Paspaltrum? People have to educate themselves and they have to shtalevek their house knowing which products are we taking, which products are we not taking. That's very important. Now before Tubashvat, people should know what kind of fruit may I eat and what kind of fruit may I not eat. That's that's very, very important. Just uh, want to say a couple of things. First of all, um, you almost put me out of business. I'm doing Kasha's Magazine for 38 years, and you started off with everybody's doing a great job. What am I doing then? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm very busy with cleaning up the mess that's still left after everybody's doing a great job. So that everybody's trying to do a good job. And we've improved, Kasha's has improved tremendously 
over what was when I started almost 40 years ago watching Kashrus. It definitely has changed. And the Kashrus agents are working very hard and they're all trained well, etc. But there's plenty of room for improvement still. I, on, the, on the question about the, the fruits and vegetables in the supermarket, buying it, that's a shilat you can talk to your rav about because there's a there's a, a, a halach in Shulchan called Mele Monas, which is where a lot of fruit and vegetables get cut up and and uh, and, and they become bottle. But the question is, in a fruit store, um, how how it plays itself out? Maybe one fruit store is one way, one is another way. Maybe Shoprite is this way. Maybe that smaller store is different. This is something to talk to your rav about. The rabbi Katz is giving you. Uh, a, a very clear idea on on one side, but it's still worth talking to a rub about it because there is room to discuss that issue of buying the fruits and the vegetables that are cut up. But I don't want to get lost in that. We want to get moving on to the rest of the topics. I just want to mention a couple of exciting things here. First of all, we're we're on now. This is being videoed, and you'll be able to see it, I think, on, on, on jwoodradio.com. Um, and I'd also like to tell you that 9.30 a.m., not the time of day, on the AM dial, 9.30, a.m., um, you can get, the, not this show, I'm not on, but tonight from 8 to 11, J-Root is on AM station, we're 9.30. Trying, a, we're trying to do some tests in Bezal Hashem, which will work, okay? So we'll see what will happen in the future, but if you want to hear those shows on 9.30 a.m., you can hear it tonight from 8 to 11 p.m. I also want to tell you, if you want to call in to speak to Rabbi Katz or myself, you can reach us at 718-683-5858. If you call in, you can speak to Rabbi Katz or myself, 718-683-5858. If you want to text us, you can do that to 347-927-8398. Again, 347 347- 8279398 and also I'd like to let you know that another there's two station two telephone numbers you can reach the show on one is the 7185069099 but the other one it may even be a better one people should try using it 7124324217 so those are the ways you can reach us and of course all the time on jrootradio.com and, uh, and you can also get a jrootradio app which makes it very easy Correct. Okay, so let's before before we get lost in all the things we're thinking about, let's go back to Rabbi Katz. This is Rabbi David Katz, who's a freelance mashkiach, and uh, he's got a lot of uh, very very infam- interesting information that he wants to share with us today on three topics. But we're going to start with the one that's nogeya to right now that affects us uh, imminently because Tu B'Shvat is around the corner. Yeah, we have a caller. Okay, we'll take a call. Go ahead. You're on, the, you're on Jay with Radio. Go ahead, please. Okay, I enjoy the show very much. I have a question about dried, I guess it's dried dates from California. Does it need a hashkacha? So say. I don't think so, no. It's a it fruit that's grown as long as... I can't hear you. As long as this is not brought in from Israel, it doesn't need a hashkacha. It's a raw fruit. You just have to check it for. You do have to check. It. You do have to check it for Tilaim. You open up the date and you right. look at at the by the pit in the middle the pit, and you would see a white a white um, worm. And that would be a tel- one of Tilaim, some other Tilaim of the dates. I hear. Okay. 
Thank you so much. You're certainly welcome. Oh. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay. Talking uh, about Toilayim is something very interesting, and I'm quoting Rabbi David Goldstein, who is a very great mumchen, and I consider myself a Talmud from him. I spend a lot of hours by him. In the olden days, in the Haim, as they call it, they would know that cherries were infested with Toilayim. And Rabbi Goldstein's experience with his Rebbe, that our church... Well, you might as well spell, sell it out. We're talking about Rabbi Moshe Vaya. Rabbi Moshe Vaya, right. Yes. They came across and they see that cherries are always clean. They haven't come across cherries with Telayim. Mamela, he permits down the line, you don't have to check cherries, you have to wash cherries... And you could eat it very and we and you know in the Europe they used to also have in things like uh apples because the apples fall down and the worms get into it even off the tree and uh, apples very often had worms inside, and many people have uh, a hugger even I grew up, I saw that very often people were cutting the, cutting the apple, they would never eat it like a whole apple, they would always cut a little slice and eat it in cluster size because they were afraid of finding worms inside, whereas in America today. The quality that we get, unless you buy something that's very poor quality, but if the quality of the apples that we're buying do not have the problem. Right. Like, I remember a few years ago, there was a very big shayla. And interesting, this shayla started by two rebbes, not by Dayonim, on the grapes. The Satma Rebbe from Monroe, Rabbi Satma Rebbe, and the Square Rebbe both stopped eating grapes at a time because the chashash of Tilaim. And they themselves came out afterwards with an idea how you could eat. And the only problem where they felt that the worms are, are only where the stem goes into the grape. So, the mashgich, but I'm just telling you. Yeah, they thought that, yeah. All mashgichim today know that when you want to do grapes, you don't leave more than three on a on a on a vine. On a little, on a little, on a strangle, they call yeah, it in Yiddish. Yeah. They don't leave more than three, and they wash it on the cold water, which which are, which are very starkite, and that strength irritates the Tolaim, and that's enough. In other words, on the Etzim grape, they don't see any Tolaim. The only hiding place of this Tolaim is by the stem. And if you wash it with a strong uh, pressure water, it means everything has pressure to water, not soaking. Soaking doesn't do anything for it. Like if you take all the grapes, you put into. No, a that's not the. But that's not how Rabbi Vaya is giving it out now. Rabbi Vaya and Rabbi Goldstein are giving out to, to do uh, three times, soaking it with with uh, with with with, uh, with soap, and then afterwards each time, washing it under the faucet. You see, the problem is now, again because w- the, the the main thing about the grapes is that everybody admits that grapes have a problem, right? And everybody says to wash them very well. The only question is, which method should we use? Now, maybe in a, where you have high-powered uh, sprays, it's possible to do it just with a spray. They claim that every sink has a power. It's better than soaking. Soaking doesn't irritate the Tolan. It's a question, not a question who of... Was, uh, by the way, who were we with the day? Because I want to know who we were with the day. Because it's the day that told me. That's uh-huh. And I got the first-hand information from there. And they said that three grapes on a strangle yeah, and, and right. would 
the water, the power of the water would reach. And, the and a regular the faucet would do that? Uh, yes. Okay, so this is an alternative method that, that obviously it's not Rabbi Goldstein. Even we quoted Rabbi Goldstein, it's not Rabbi Goldstein. It's not Rabbi Vaya because they both told told me the other way, which is three times. You'll see it in Rabbi Vaya's book. You'll see it. Rabbi Goldstein says it also that the, he I wanted. Will, he, I will check it, Belinda. And I won't mind. I don't mind a change in the system because the, it's a lot easier uh, for me to do the grapes. Takes fifteen minutes. He wants three or four minutes in the water with soap. And then wash it under the faucet, and you do that three times. It takes me fifteen minutes. I can do ten pounds if I want to. But it's going to take fifteen minutes. Right. With your method, it'll take fifteen seconds, and I'll be and I'll be and I'll be happy. So I'd like to find out if it's really true, and I'll let everybody know uh, if Rabbi Goldstein has changed his approach and if Rabbi Vai has changed his approach. If not, you'll just have to decide between the two things we're mentioning here because they both probably have legitimacy. Quote unquote. We're speaking about the shavas aminim. Um, pomegranates. Rabbi Goldstein told me he never heard that there should be pillon. Right. What is your experience? What you hear? No, I, I can't imagine. How are you going to get in there? I heard a shul, somebody came over this Oshoshon and told me he he, he found a telas on... doesn't on mean, that's not the main thing. So it doesn't for one experience, one one bug does not make us mm-hmm. uh, a, a shyla on, on all, on all right. fruits and vegetables. No. So we know not grapes, we know... We know. Um, we have a whole bunch of things. Rabbi Goldstein put out this year. You sent it to me. I actually got it from him also. A list of things that don't need ashkoch. I don't need pineapple. checking at all. Pineapple is a very big issue. But pineapple is an issue, right? Pineapple. The rabbanim say that you should try to shave off the most possible because a pineapple is yellow and it has brown dots. Right. The brown dots mean nothing. But then there's the brown houses, like they right. go inside, they, yeah, right. and they are infested with mites. So the Hoyrov and Rabbanim are to keep on shaving until you see only yellow, and then you could use it. So, in other words, people would not bring up on the table anymore the guns of pineapple, right? And they wouldn't like they used to make fancy pineapple, right, right, nice right. Yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Now they shave off the guns of pineapple, they cut them in pieces, and that's the way how they serve it. I just want to point out that this is something that you're mentioning now, but the pineapple, that's universally accepted now. Right. Five years ago or four years ago, whatever the year was, I forgot when I wrote up about it first. It was a few years ago, but five years ago, nobody knew this, and everybody was eating those mites. <coughs> Today, everybody... Was talking about cutting off that part. The, I just saw it be, shortly before I came. I saw what the Star K wrote. The Star K writes exactly the same thing. You have to get all of that outside surface off, and those little spots where he's talking about that's hard because they they went a little bit into the pineapple, and people don't want to lose any of the pineapple. It costs three dollars or four dollars, whatever it is, so they want to save it. But it's but it's a big mistake. You have to cut out those little spots because that's where. The mites are trapped, just like on the top of, uh, you know, uh, on the top of uh, a, a pepper, on the top of uh, uh, of a blueberry. That's where the mites get trapped in the little spaces there where it can get held back. So definitely, you have to uh, you have to cut that out. So now, since we're discussing the outside of the fruit, so there are a few fruits: grapefruit, yeah. lemon. Oranges yeah, and tangerines. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Rabbi yeah. Goldstein says that these fruits are clean, clean, but the problem there is the outside, 
the on the the outside on the peel, and he showed me a video on the orange where there are very pitchy white tailoim jumping around. It's not very hard to see with the eye, but with a magnifying glass you can see. So when no, but people, the school, but the but the scales are there. The scales are there, right? And scales are there. Also for sure. white. White worms, but worms. in the underneath, in some way, it jumps around on the outside. He showed really? me the video. You see the white thing jumps up, jumps down, and that's a real It's a real Veda. But so, that could be washed off. No. So he claims that the balasimchis, when they make these nice uh, trays of food, right. they get they cut oranges. Right. They should peel off the orange, uh-huh. so there's no peel on the tray. So the Telas doesn't get in to the tray of fruit. So we have to be very nice on lemons, on grapefruits, orange, tangerines. And, uh, for... no, and esrog. Esrog also. <laughs> and esrog, there's also one of those that may have scales on them too. Yes, you know, scale is something that is very easy to spot, but you have to know what it is. And everybody has to take the time to learn a little bit about some of these insects. You got to see a picture. If you buy Rabbi Vaya's book, Bedikas Toloi, Bedikas Hamazon, it's English. You could buy that book. You could find something if you go, if you can use the internet or somebody can get it for you, or book in the library, whatever you want. But look for scale, S C A L E, just the way it sounds. And it is a bug that is covered over with a scale, scale like covering. And that is a real bug inside. That's what the whole story, if you remember, we had a discussion about orange juice uh, that was, was raging for a long time. So that uh, that situation was based upon scale. And, uh, and that was the concern. And they're on every single type of citrus fruit. So it's really something that you should learn to identify just by looking. I want you to know that the blueberries, which I'm sure one of your topics you're going to discuss... The blueberries also have scale. So Not Robert all, of course. Robert yeah. Goldstein banned um, blueberries. I know, but he, he had told me three of them, three it, problems, or three problems. Yeah, One he, of them is scale. The scales are outside, and the inside is like Maggots. long white. Worms. It's a maggot. It's a maggot. It's a different and, then, kind of and then the top, you got the, uh, the, the mites. Right. So he says not to use them. Right. He says cherries, yes, and blueberries not. Forget them. Right. Uh, right. 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 That's right. Because because the world did change. I don't think it's a question of whether we spotted it. It could be that they were always there and we didn't know about it, but they're there. There's no question they're there. See, the the, the maggots are always been in these berries. You know, for many years, I mean, this is, we're, we're talking Hamish over here. For many, many years, every single cashless agency permitted strawberries. Right. Every single cashless agency permitted uh uh, what's it? Raspberries, blackberries. Somehow they got out of the game early. I don't know why, but the blackberries were worse than anything. But the strawberries they thought is inside in the strawberry. Yeah, it took a long time till they, they, the Olim got to learn, and the Olim was started seeing the problem was not the inside, the problem was the outside. Well, and it's not Nirelay Naimtak. It's very, very small, but it's there and it's a Gansaberia. Oh, no, it is Nirelay Naim. I've seen them myself. No, when you spot them, it's a Naim. Yeah. But a regular person, when he looks, he doesn't know what to look at. He doesn't ever learn. Oh, that, that, but that's the bottom line because people don't see anything because they're not using Rabbi Gissinger <laughs> from Lakewood was here in New York. Rabbi Vaya came to speak. 
Bodek asked me to introduce Rabbi Vaya. There was a big assembly in Borough Park, a few hundred people there. I don't know, Vaya spoke before. And Rabbi Gissinger had so a few minutes he was speaking, and I was a, I was a master of ceremonies. And, and Rabbi Gissinger takes a strawberry, and he puts, shows it to me, and he says, look at that, and you'll see the thing crawling across the top. I never would have known. Right. I never would have known on a strawberry. Was that. But, so in other words, I'm saying is 15, 20 years ago, whatever the number was, the OU, the OK, everybody was using everything. And then we became aware that these things are there. But they're not, they're, they are near a lane. You can see them. You just have to be aware that they're there. And, the, and the, anybody who knows anything about raspberries and all the berries, actually all the berries, understands that maggots are a very major part of the berries. While you're speaking about fruits, there's another problem, which is not a problem, but people should know about it. People like to peel off the apples, the outside of the apples. And people claim there may be a wax around the apple. So I asked a few Rabbonim this summer who had a lot of experience, and nobody told me that the wax is also to eat. It's a dover that's not all achila. And people don't need to be makpen on fruits as long as you wash them off fine. On cucumbers... You can't squash, wash it off. You cannot wash it off. They say it if is. you wash it, you wash it. It's a very thin layer. If you wash it, even though you still see a glance on the apple, but something... They say, I saw a video. And the video took... And it was an apples or whatever. It was one of these things. And the apples, you feel it. And some of the other, you feel it. The peppers and certain fruits and vegetables, you feel it. And they took this thing and they put it into hot water. And you saw it become a wax, waxy outside shell. I'd have to try it once with really hot water and, and see. Maybe I'll invite you over and, we'll, and we'll, have a, we'll have a chance to see it together. But I'm, I'm convinced that there's real wax. But the question is... A is it kosher wax, and B is it bottle anyway? Because it's either not royal. But Rabbi, so you can take a knife and just peel off the wax. It's really layer of which, wax. Which kind of fruit? Which vegetable or fruit? Which uh, apple. An apple? You were able yes. to peel it off? Yes. I was I'll never show, able to do I'll that. I was you. never able to do I'll that. I'll show you right now. You show me. Go I'll ahead. Show. I'll, 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 we're all interested in seeing it, and you can do it right here on the on the video. We, we spoke it. about <laughs> squash, um, uh, what's it called cucumbers. Yeah. So they say that at your when you're at home, you should try to peel off and not use the squash uh, um, the peels for squash or cucumbers. But on caterers, they didn't want to be matrich them so much. So most of them said that if you see. When you go to a simchi, you have cucumber salad by caterers. They don't peel off the cucumbers. No, of course they don't. But at home, you do. Uh-huh. Okay. That's so a, they made a pshara. Uh, but, but, but it means it can't be also. But, but however, I mean, you must know that there are waxes that are mum straight. Of course, on dental floss, they used to say not to use dental floss that has wax because that wax was not kosher. I don't know anything about it. Yes. I don't know anything about it. I can't answer. I wish I would know. I never heard of that. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's homework for me, but uh, but the uh, as far as the other uh, the uh, uh, <coughs> as far, as far as the uh, a, a, a wax that's trafe, there are waxes that are trafe, right. but it's not common at all. It's very unlikely in this country. It's in other countries, but you will see sometimes if you see a box coming from another country, they will have on it 
in a little check in a box, tell you if it's been waxed and what it's been waxed with. Here we go. So you're going to show it to us. One second. Let me see it. I want to see this. We have an app. But one second. I'm going to, don't, don't, don't move away so fast. Unbelievable. I can't believe it. This is a regular Macintosh. Well, why don't you show in the video? I never saw this in my life. Let me see this. Uh, I have a regular Macintosh. It's a a regular Macintosh apple that I would be eating. And I love the skin. And I see a hundred percent this white wax coming off the apple with a, we're using a razor blade. (laughs) Don't try with a knife, but use a razor blade. You'll see mamish wax come off. I'm shocked. And has a mamoshes. Look at it. Sure. It's not a little thing. Look, look. And it's waxy for sure. You can, uh, it looks like a real, yeah, it's, it's real wax. Really, really, uh, it's real wax. Okay, you have homework now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you came for. I thought you were going to make my life easier. Okay. <laughs> I'm with Rabbi David Katz. If anybody wants to call us, we're at 718-683-5858. In one minute, we're going to go to another area of our discussion. Excuse me, I have a slight cold. Anyway, 718-683-5858. If you want to call in, you could text us at 347-927-8398. Nisa, anybody text in? I can't see this thing here at all. Uh, Okay. So uh, if you, we're going to go now to continue our discussion with Rabbi David Katz, who is a freelance mashkiach and knowledgeable on a lot of topics. I'm going to take him off his topic because I want to just let you know when he came here already. He came to me today. I'm not talking about the show. He came to me today. Uh, somebody asked if we're going to be at 9.30. Yes, I'm not going to be there, but at 9.30 a.m., that's the radio station, 9.30 a.m. station, at 8 to 11 tonight. From 8 to 11, you can get J-Root Radio. We'll be, we'll be on AM station, 930. It's an experimental thing. Hopefully, we'll get more people on. Um, what? Can oh. I tell anybody how to check blueberries? Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. I said you can't use blueberries. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Rabbi but, Goldstein says not to use blueberries. Blueberries, as, we, as Rabbi Winkler said before, has three problems. And it's better not to use blueberries because blueberry is a problem. Yeah. I, I just want to go uh, mention a couple of things that we got from Rabbi Katz today. A very interesting thing, a new phenomenon in Borough Park. I mean, it, it must exist somewhere else. We're not going to mention the name of the store. Somebody is selling Flashic Sushi. So I didn't know what this was when he told me about it. Flashic Sushi, and somebody started calling it Flushi. Okay, you can make a nice joke out of it, but it's called it's called Fleshika Sushi, and the store that's doing it is making uh, with chicken and with turkey and with pastrami and etc. They're making what they call sushi. It is not sushi, so it a person could misunderstand because he bought sushi and it's what he bought it from a store that sells sushi or whatever, but it's not sushi. I hope it won't be sold in the stores that sell sushi. That, I don't know what's going to be about that. But the point is that this Fleshika sushi, um, it, it looks like sushi. The outside, they're not using uh, rice. They're using potato thing. In China, and, when, when they do the sushi <laughs> or in those places, they have meat or chicken sushi. 
with the rice outside. Oh. So over there, people, mom, they are not put on the cash with them, yeah. So they have no, but they have a meat sushi, never fish sushi. Wow. Everybody kept sushi in the kosher world till now, only fish. Because mostly sushis are served with milchige menus. Right. People buy, they do something in milchigs, they buy sushi. See, that's the problem. They buy it. It's a, it becomes in a lot of catering, etc. It's an add-on thing. Let's say, for example, I would go to a simcha, and they would have a sushi table. Now, the sushi table would have fish, fish and they, or they, they yes, and now they may have put out meat. Hold on, hold on. So when yeah. you have fish or vegetables, you know you come home at night, you right. have a coffee, right? It's not a problem. You only right. of nothing happened. But if on this, this same table there'll be fish and there'll be meat. The person will come home at night and say, I only had sushi. And he's going to mix the fish and the meat. That will be, besides the problem of a scone right, fish but, and but, meat. Right, but we'll, in the six hours, yeah, sure. Very, I, I, I'm just wondering what the Rabbana will say about it. This, this I would say. just came out right now. I would say they should change the name before it gets too late. And I forget, don't call it flushy. Call it something else. Call it an imitation. Flushy. They call it flushy. flushy. That's what they're calling it, flushy. So that so that, no, they call it ah, sushi. They, oh. they call it sushi. Yeah, so may, the may people close. who are kibitzing, they're kibitzing and calling it flushy. Oh. It's it is called it's sushi. sushi. That the company calls it a sushi. It's come. It's it, they call it a, a fleshika sushi. And it's uh, the problem is going to be, um, you know, you, you don't know what you ate. And then also people put it out together with the with the people with the fish one. Think it's fish because people are used to this as a fish and, item. And I don't know if you know this, like that we I deal with this all the time. They have the these uh, party planners. They buy things in different places and then put it out at the table. And a person picks up one of those and takes and wraps it up and takes it home. Doesn't know what he oh, got. Yeah. So it, it, once the name is the same and it looks too much uh, similar, it's a cute idea, no question about it. I want to take it as panasa, but still in all, it's a very, very uh, I think uh, that look into it and they will come up with that I, idea. But <laughs> not what people should be very. Yeah, very you, know, you have to know. You have to know now whether you're, whether you're sushi, I have sushi a question. or not I have a question. sushi. It's the same manufacturer of regular sushi, or is it separate? It's because the, also this, you have the question by us, Fadim. We are not eating meat and fish. Wow. Yeah. We are. We have. We have a sakana. We don't eat so, it either. So we have I to mean, do my my We're doing my no, 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 between no, no. fish. They, they they don't. It's the store that is selling it. No, it's the a original store. Original. It's oh, it's okay. No, but that but that store is going to be selling it to other places. You're going to be able to buy it elsewhere. This is That's dangerous. The point. It has to be an awareness, and therefore I send it to you, and we right. see right there. I think we should move on to... to I know, but I want to mention one more thing because it was very cute also. that We have this thing here. and It's a pretzel crisp. This is a pretzel crisp. It, uh, If you can see it, it's Snack Factory pretzel crisp. Very interesting little thing, these crisps. They, they're uh, like squashed pretzels. It's a thin, crunchy pretzel cracker. And people people like it very much. So this is an, under, an OU. At one time, it had a Hamish Ashkocha as well. And, and people... What happened here is that, that people don't know that they're not under the Hamish Ashkoch, or at least not the, the packaging that we're seeing. So the people get used to the idea when we get the additional Hashkocha for special runs, they get very confused with the name and they start buying the product because they know that product is good on their level, which it was when they had an additional Hashkocha, 
But now we're back to no special run, no special control, and they have to they make that decision. Are they happy with the product now, or they're not? As you were talking about your your your, your, your younger man, chick who was in the summer, you know, if he would be buying this, etc. So somebody brought up the attention to me that this may not be a dover that's only al shulchan malachim. It's only uh, hold on. That, it's only that, a pretzel that that has nothing to do with bishul with with, 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 with pas So, but it's more than that. This, these pretzels, most caterers put it into a salad, so this becomes a very chosh of a machel. So the problem is now double. Right. Like is look. Yeah. The problem is not summer pretzel. If you want to eat it, you don't want to eat it. If it's right. nash, not a nash. It becomes now a, a part of a salad, which is zicha oil al shulchan malachim. And that is the question. Whatever it is, the point is, it's a Pas Yisrael Shiloh, or Bish Yisrael, I won't say Pas Yisrael Shiloh. And, and the, the, if the company, that, the Hashkacha, that gives the Hashkacha on it, does not mock it on, on Pas Yisrael, they do things that are not Pas Yisrael. So you don't have a Pas Yisrael product. You want to buy Pas Yisrael, and you don't have it. And you got used to it because it had a Hamish Hashkacha on the side. Okay, well, let's get on to other topics. The time is going away. Rabbi Katz has two pet interests. That's why he wanted to come on the show. It wasn't anything we discussed till now. But that's the way it is here, Rabbi Katz. You have to do all the things. So now we're going to discuss two topics that are very important to Rabbi Katz. And the first one is going to be about the non-Jewish women or men. Non-Jewish people working in your house. Go ahead. So let's start and I'll remind you, last year when we sat together by the AKA meeting (laughs) in the OU, we had the Rav um, Heinemann and Rabbi Herschel Schechter, two good oil Yisrael, who spoke very nice. And everybody had questions. And one question was Could we buy coffee in a non kosher gas station? Remember that question? Sure, sure. And I remember now the question everybody asked if you could trust them, their muchzik. And Rabbi Herschel got up and let her give a clap. They have no nemanis. And I want to touch up what means that an Anju. Has no namanas. Namanas meaning no. He cannot. He 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 cannot be relied Reliable. upon. Even we're not saying we're not putting down anybody, but in a Jewish sense, in a halachic sense, whether we are we have a right to rely on a non-Jew saying that something is kosher. So it's more than that. I think it's a step right in that. You could have a very very bright person that's fifty years old and could sit in Washington, passing and writing laws. Well, he doesn't have the concept what means kosher. Our Yiddish kinderlich, when they're two, three years old, they know, and they were brought up, and they were born with knowing kosher, chazer shalom treif, you can forget your learning, tim It's a specialty that a Yid was brought up knowing what kosher means, and it's a nemonis, a cheskas, everything you want to use that a Yid has. And unfortunately, we, Baruch Hashem, we could say, we are not like the others. We are the Am And we got this matana knowing what is kosher, what is not kosher, and how to go about it. Any non-Jew will ask you, is kosher a diet? Is kosher a blessing? Do we take it to the rabbi? What, when, where? And they are not grasping what this concept is. And therefore... You can't trust any gas stations that sells milk. And it says Chal of Yisrael, you cannot buy that milk. So the same thing is today. People go shopping 
And Akeres Abayas doesn't want to sit at home all day. And I don't blame her. She wants to go out for two, three hours. She wants to go. Some people go to the hospitals to visit Holy Soil. Some people give chizik for older people. Some ladies go for sure. Some ladies go shopping they need at home. But they leave the goiter at home. And that's a very big problem. So, of course, everybody will say, in the Haim, in the Alta Haim, in the Alta Haim, there are full of goiters and goiters. So, I want to share with you an interesting story which happened to my great grandfather. His name was Rabbi Shloyme Katz. He was the Riskevov. He lived in Bnei Barak. He had Ariches Yomim. And he was a Talmud Muvik from the Nasadorov. And the Nasadorov came once to his house. And my grand, great-grandfather, Rizkevov, served him a coffee. And my great-grandfather brought him the coffee, and the Nasadorov didn't want to drink it. <laughs> he didn't drink it. It was a big pillow. Why didn't he drink? And he said that his achiever from the Shinivov, that by milking the cow, you have to have somebody oimed a whole time. It's not enough a yotzevenichnes. And later he found out, it says, this book, this, this story is written, uh, brought down in Sefer Gdilis Yeshua, I thought, that one of the children who was supposed to be there by milking ran away, and it wasn't, it was only a Yotze Venichnes, and it wasn't somebody standing the whole time doing milking. I remember, maybe 20 years ago, I went to visit my grandmother, who was a daughter from the Rizkivruf, and she just told me once, uh, she told me then how the milking went at home, and she told me that once she was there by the milking, and she didn't like how the guy acted. It wasn't clean, a lot of dirt, and she just couldn't handle it, and she ran away from there. And I put together both stories, that she could have been the girl that was supposed to be responsible, <laughs> and she didn't wasn't there the whole time. But my milking was a halacha, you have to have somebody that has to be oimed by milking the whole time. In the kitchen, there's no halacha that the goit is not allowed to cook. The goit is allowed to cook. And as long as the yeet does something, and Shachanoch says, that even the fires, the regular fire, you just throw in a kissen, a small uh, toothpick, that's good enough. Or the balabasta goes and she just mixes the, the, the soup. She just does episamaisa, it's good enough, and it doesn't become bishul akam. But if no one is home, it is Bishlakam. Now, in the old days, the women wouldn't go away shopping. There was nowhere to go. They didn't go to grocery stores. They didn't go to fruit stores. They did everything at home. And the girls were home. And if not, the balabas was home. There was somebody always a yid home. And the yid always was able to say that I'm responsible in the kitchen. And the goite wouldn't do everything by itself. Today, people go away for a few hours. And let's see, if a, go a person goes away for three hours... The goita could cook something for herself. She could wash out a pot. She could dry the pot and put it away. And when you come home, you'll never know that the goita did something. And this pot is treif. You cannot use this pot again. You have to cash this pot. And it's a big problem. It doesn't have to be three hours. It happened in my house in a couple of minutes. The, the shiksa had put up uh, an egg in a frying pan and turned it on, 
and uh, it, it, and then she had washed out the frying pan very quickly, and I came in the room, and I saw her washing the frying pan, and she was trying to give some excuse of what was going on there, and I didn't. I went to my wife. I said, you know, what, what you know, she was using the uh, she was using the frying pan. She says, I told her she cannot cook, so she was out the door in five minutes. But that, but that is that was somebody in the house, people in and moving in and out. So could you imagine what happens? In a situation where people are away for hours at a time. And Rabbi yeah, Moshe, yeah. in Chalik Aleph, I only yeah. took a picture of his chief, I couldn't bring it here. Yeah. He writes it by Shiroi, Nachris, Yeriv Ohum, Nachris, Babayas, Im Yesh, Le Esra Kailin. So Rabbi Moshe has in this Shala was Yud Aleph Nissen Toshin Yetes. What was that? 1959. Mm-hmm. And Rabbi Moshe writes there that even if we want to be Makal, whatever we want to do, but it's one thing, you won't, won't be able to use the pot for 24 hours. Right. Could you imagine that this is a real chemre and this is a real, real problem and people are not aware about this problem? We have a call? Yes, just, wait, just one second. But it, it, it's not, we didn't even touch on the question about Basa Shunna Salman Ayin as well. Let's let's take the call. Go ahead. You're on, on Kashi's on the air. Hello? You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Okay. So, someone mentioned this to me when I, w- I was in someone's house. Because you're mentioning about someone that's, <clears throat> yes, uh, someone who's Jewish, someone who's not Jewish. In this particular case, they were mocked that someone should be not Jewish. And this was the case, is that if you buy bread from a bakery, right, and you have people working there who are not necessarily from Jewish and not from, means that they did not wash Nagelvastra in the morning, and they're touching all the bread. So by a person that's not Jewish, that doesn't matter. And therefore it's preferable to have somebody point. who's not Jewish uh, uh, working you know, in the I, I heard, what did, I Tell heard me you, what is this? What I heard your you question already a few thing. years ago. Uh, and yeah. your point is a very, very strong point. And there are people in private houses, if they have Russian um, women that are Jewish and they, are a, um, they help out at homes... That they ask mm-hmm. the Russian women to wash their hands. Obviously, when you're talking about a big, big bakery or big facilities, which is impossible to do, but I heard that some Ashgichem do ask. In the Matzah bakeries, they, they did it probably when they were. No, were, in bakeries, were, I also heard that there's yeah. Jewish But people. when you go into a bakery or a bakery area and they're selling bread and they're just picking up bread for you, and if they're, if they're Jewish and they're not from. They have not washed Nagovasa. Okay. They're not working they're wearing the gloves, They're wearing gloves today, okay. so, so that's good. not a problem. The problem is only baking. Wearing the... gloves makes it better. Yes, they're not touching that. They're not touching the machel. Uh, l- okay. l- let me just uh, tell you that uh, I, again, Rabbi Katz is coming with his psukim from his rabbanim, and, and and he knows where he what what his you know how he sees the things. I just want mm-hmm. to tell you that I had a rebbe, Rabbi Asher Zim and Zatzal, who was yeah. a gadol in Torah. And in, and in Psach Halacha, and he right. taught us that that b'diavad after the fact, if we don't have control over the ma- matter, you can make mm-hmm. an assumption that by the time the person came to work, they shook their hands sufficiently that it was called like negavaser. Yes, we're supposed to go right and uh-huh. left and right and left. Yes, we're supposed to have a keli, but turning the water off and on is equivalent yeah. to a, a, using a keli. So it's true. 
But they, they, they had to wake up in the morning and wash the face and wash the hands and brush the teeth. And the, the bathroom, they wash the hands. They are so, required before they start working also to wash and okay. save their hands. So you see it that? It says in every comment section, oh, it says that's true. they have to wash their hands. There's rules. It says it in the, there's a right. sign there. You must wash your hands before you So they're actually... That's with soap. That's not with the cup. So, no. But no, again, get, we said there's a pressure from the, from the sink that's called enough a keili bidiavit. Turning so, it on and off. I, I know, but it, but but be, if you take all the times that they had to come in contact with water before they got to work, yeah. the assumption is that Rabbi Zimmer told us you could make an assumption that it was mm-hmm. done, and that's it. That's how he taught us. Now you may have a Rav who paskins differently. That's what it is in life. We each will have each have rabbanim. I can only tell you what my rabbeim taught me. I can't tell you what you know what other rabbanim is saying today in the street. So, there, so Rabbi Zimmerman said that it's okay, right? I also Ra- Rabbi call Zimmerman him. said it's okay. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Very good. Thank you. Thank so you very you. much for calling. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, we got to move along. You want? Let's make go to the other guy because I think the other guy's more important. Okay. The, the, you, have, you have to. You have to, only ten, ten minutes. Okay, what do you want to do? But I want to want to finish off with this. Good. I believe very much that every Jewish home should have help. And it's an issue that Connie because of them we went out from Mitzrayim. We have to do and help them as much as possible. And we have to get goites, more than one goite, to come home and to help them. But we have to note that the kitchen is the wife's responsibility. And she has to become, always leave a shoimer at home that somebody should be in charge and knowing what's going on to the kitchen. And if there's a yid and you try, you have siyata deshmaya. But this is an awareness that I feel that every Jewish woman should take upon herself, especially now, you should all, never leave a goiter by yourself at home. You never know, you have a soup cooking. She wants to make the soup taste better. She could put in butter. She could put in uh, sour cream. You never know what she's doing. You have no idea what she's doing. She's trying to be nice. She's trying to help you. She got a, res- a, a recipe that makes the <laughs> soup much better. She put in a little bit of milk, maybe, and these things are not bottled. In her magazines, it says to do it. To do it. And she's trying to be a devoted, devoted. She knows she'll also eat from the soup tonight. Yeah. So she's trying to be very devoted. Therefore, if you have an older mother that lives by herself and she has an aide, please... Make sure that you check into the de- check into the house. Make sure the goiter doesn't cook. Yes, they could peel the, the vegetables. They could peel the fruit. They could help washing the fish. They could help washing the chicken. But the etzim cooking, a bus Yisrael should be responsible. Going in now to the second awareness that I wanted to bring is we make weddings in non-kosher hotels. Now, the oilam does not even know how much koiches goes into such a wedding. Number one, I come into such a place, the kitchen, I have to cash the kitchen. We have to start cashing the convection ovens, the tables. There are some hotels that will not let you bring in your own silverware. You have to use their silverware. There was a wedding last night. It's still been a yoiman. And you're going to use their silverware? So there is a very big Kiddush from Rabbi Yashav Zechat Tzadik Levrocha. Rabbi Yashav would say, it says in Shulchan Aruch, you can only kasha with water. So you're not putting these these silverware. How can you use them? See, he says you could put in ammonia. Ammonia is not called la'ava esamayim. It's not thickening the water. It's 
still letting the water stay water, woman. And therefore, we could put in ammonia and kasha the silverware. But they're and getting away from that and using cleanser. The problem is more than that. The problem is that ammonia is vaporized. It disappears. And it disappears after an And hour. you don't, you, you can still smell and you th- you get confused. So there's so many questions right. going on by making simchas. Do we have a phone call? Okay. Um, I will continue in a minute. Okay, go ahead. Okay, you're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I want to ask a question. Go I ahead. was passing a mikveh from Kailim. There was a goy standing with a dog and he was washing his hand in the mikveh. And I I suspect that he, after after the dog had made, he washed his hand in the mikveh. Can I go and toivel man at Kailim dot? Yes. Yes? A mikveh stays a kusher mikveh, and a mikveh cannot become a pusher mikveh. Uh-huh. Okay. Su, it's not clean. I would tell you when you come home, wash, wash it the dishes, <laughs> use soap and wash it. But That's a mikveh kosher. stays always a kusher mikveh. If it doesn't change the color and everything. Okay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Factor the rabbinics. Yeah. Coming back is kashering. And how many times they give us such a small place with a kasher. I had a few experiences that there's a big soup kettle where we wash, where we kasher the kalim, and then you have a brazier where they cook. The brazier was non-kosher food. The other side was a stove with non-kosher food, and they gave me in the middle, in the middle of non- two non-kosher things. Were they using? They were using that. They were using it, right, right. because these hotels go on. I know this. I've seen them. I had a different thing. These hotels have. Uh, their waiters are from the union, and they have to give them to eat. Right. So the caterer that comes in and he charges two hundred dollars per couple, he doesn't want to give the waiters to eat from his food. So these waiters go and they eat from the hotel, but they come back and forth because they want to know what they have to do. They use the the caterer's plates, and they the food goes back and forth. I saw already so many. That goes on. There's food around which is not kosher. Mamish is not kosher food. And there's a lot of mechshoilas coming out, making weddings in hotels, making shabbosim in hotels. And I read. What are our dinners? By dinners and hotels, all these things. Now, again. Well, let me just throw in a couple of things here. Number one, uh, it's a different situation if you have worked out with the hotel. And they signed the contract, and they actually carry it out that you have the whole kitchen. Right. That that's number one. Number two, I, I want to mention that that people don't know this, especially in the smaller affairs. It happens that they give you this huge kitchen, and you're not going to be able to use it all. You're not going to be able to cash it all. The time won't allow it. We can get away with three ovens. Can that, is that is that going to be good enough? The caterer says yes, but there are more ovens. There's more tabletops, so we don't use all of it. Now, can you imagine what goes on? It's very difficult to maintain the kosher and the non-kosher. The goy cannot put down a, a waiter cannot put down something hot on a, on the non-kosher table. But I can't kosher all of them for different reasons. I can't kosher all of them. It's too much time. It's impossible. I'm only one person. So here you have situations where creating situations which are almost not 
humanly possible so I, because I of wanna, our... I just yeah. want to suggest one thing. And oh, what I want to suggest is very simple. These Balai Simcha, they're spending a lot of money. Make sure that the Mashgiach, that the caterer and calls more Mashgichem than you really need. Always have an extra eye. Always have an extra person. You're spending so much money for the wedding. Why don't you want it to be 100% kosher? Get another young man to come. Get another young man to come. Two young lads should be checking the kitchen. Get extra people to be checking. Who are you telling this to? To the host? The, the Baal Simcha. The Baal Simcha should tell the... Should request the, from the caterer. Tell them, I want to pay for extra mashkichim. Right. Whatever, how many mashkichim do you expect for the affair? They'll tell you two, three, four, one. And you tell them, no, I want you to pay for another two. What's going to cost It's not much money, but you'll secure yourself knowing that you're having a kusha simcha. You know, I was at a lot of weddings lately, and there's a lot of wines and... Um, Snaps that go on the market, go off the market. You constantly have to check. Yeah, two times during the wedding, three times during the wedding, to make sure that they're not bringing in something that you don't want to do. During the wedding? During the wedding, I go around. I don't want to say names of kind of mashkoyas that are not allowed. And I go around every wedding three or four times to make and sure. And you've seen something I've after seen, the first time? I don't want to say names. But after the first time, you've seen? You've gone to the second or third time and you see find something you didn't I see? I had... Uh, by a wedding during mitzvah tents. Unbelievable. They brought in an item which I told them not to bring in all wow. night. I wow. I don't want to say names. Wow. wow. No, we're not mentioning names. We're not mentioning names. No, wow. names of the product. I no, don't I don't need to tell you. You don't have to go uh, there. No. People, you're making chasana, you're spending the money, there's a big ashboy coming down, please, please, please. You're having a Shabbos in a hotel. You're making a dinner. You're making a bar mitzvah. You're making a corporate party. Make sure not one mashgiach, not two mashgichim, three or four mashgichim. Give a tip to mashgiach. Be nice to the mashgiach. Show him that you need him. Show him that you're trusting him. And you will feel that you're having a much nicer simcha. And may we all share simchas and always make simchas together. Rabbi Winkler, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity coming up to your office. And I can't believe that this hour passed. So <laughs> I thought it was going to go fast. Uh, I have much more what to say. We can't do that. We have to make another appointment for that. But we know what to eat already. Baruch Hashem. And Be'ez Hashem, we should be able to be makabal to Torah this week, Shabbos, when we met Shabbat Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, yeah. We should yeah. be makabal to with all our Torahs, and we should be makabal to keep kosher and special kosher kitchens. Mahadrim, minamahadrim. And I myself, and that we should be zayich to cult of seller. Thank you so much. My Amen. pleasure. Thank you for coming, in Rabbi David Katz. Uh, he was a, was a freelance mashgiach, and uh, who, you would see that he knows what he's talking about. Uh, and I want to thank him for coming, and it was very important the discussions we had today. If anybody would like to reach us during the week, uh, my telephone number seven one eight three three six eight five four four. Seven one eight three three six eight five four four to uh, to reach Kashrus Magazine, or you can email us at Kashrus K A S H R U S at AOL dot com. Uh, we came out with a new magazine. It just went to press. Uh, uh, we're actually going to press tonight. <laughs> when I got back, it goes to press. So uh, we we hope to have that out soon. It's a very exciting one. Unfortunately, I can't discuss the details. One of the uh, one of them is a. Uh, a dramatic situation that happened in an airplane, which you hope to uh, maybe mention somehow in the future. It's, it was a, 
a very serious issue that occurred in the, in the airplane. And um, we have, it's a, it's a pretty expe- a very special issue. So if you want to get it, uh, let us know. Call me at 718-336-8544. And until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler for Kashmir on the Air. Hey!